0: to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church coming to you this Wednesday, the 15th of December as we continue our midweek Advent Vespers series, The Mystery of Marriage. And tonight we wrap that series up as we focus on wives. The first week we focused on the institution of marriage itself. And we began to look into that institution at husbands and, t- and tonight will be wives. And we will now turn to our Advent service and the opening hymn, O Lord, How Shall I Meet You? Open Thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth Thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Thou art fairer than the children of men, O Lord Christ. My heart is inditing a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O Most Mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously, because of truth and meekness and righteousness and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee, with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces, whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters were among thy honourable women. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. For he is thy lord, and worship thou him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. The king's daughter is all-glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Thou art fairer than the children of men, O Lord Christ. The Epistle for this third midweek Advent Vesper service for the Series on Marriage is written in the third chapter of the first epistle of St. Peter, beginning at the first verse. In the same way, wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, so that even if any don't obey the word, they may be won by the behavior of their wives without a word, seeing your pure behavior in fear. Let your beauty be not just the outward adorning of braiding hair and of wearing of jewels of gold or of putting on fine clothing, but in the hidden person of the heart, in the incorruptible adornment of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For this is how, in the past, the holy women who hoped in God also adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. So Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you now are, if you do well, and are not put in fear by any terror. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives according to knowledge, with understanding, giving honor to the woman, as to the weaker vessel, as also being joint heirs of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Thou that dwellest between the cherubims, Stir up thy strength, and come and save us. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the priestly division of Abijah. He had a wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Now, while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his division according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to enter into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. The whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, because your request has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to prepare a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure of this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. Behold, you will be silent and not able to speak until the day comes that these things will happen because you didn't believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. The people were waiting for Zacharias, and they marveled when he delayed in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. He continued making signs to them, and remained mute. When the days of his service were fulfilled, he departed to his house. After these days Elizabeth his wife conceived, And she hid herself five months, saying, Thus has the Lord done to me in the days in which he looked at me, to take away my reproach among men. Now the time that Elizabeth should give birth was fulfilled, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had magnified his mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have him called Zacharias, after the name of his father. His mother answered, Not so, but he will be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. They made signs to his father what he would have him called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. They all marveled. His mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue freed, and he spoke, blessing God. Fear came on all who lived around them, and all these sayings were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea. All who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? The hand of the Lord was with him. His father Zecharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant to us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, should serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people by the remission of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the dawn from on high will visit us, to shine on those who sit in darkness, and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child was growing and becoming strong in spirit, and was in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, And this is his name, whereby he shall be called, The Lord Our Righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul tells us in Ephesians, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery, this sacrament, is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the Church. Marriage is a profound sacrament. It is the image of God in the creation of mankind as male and female, fulfilled by Christ and the Church. Again, it's not a sacrament in the sense that every Christian needs to get married in order to be saved, but in the sense that marriage is the sacramental life of the Christian, For by baptism into the church, we are wed to Christ, made one spirit with him, where his spirit is our spirit, just as his flesh and blood is ours in the sacrament of the altar. So profound is this sacrament of marriage that we find that what we confess and teach about marriage, how we even live our marriages, is also then what we confess about Christ and the church, about our very salvation. At stake here then is our very salvation. To deviate from the teaching of marriage as male and female created in the image of God is to deviate from the faithful teaching of Christ, who in his incarnation fulfills the image of God in marriage. So then, this is not a game. This is the profound and great sacrament of marriage. This is everything. Which is why, as we look at the profound sacrament of marriage, we must look at the whole image of God created in mankind, male and female. Last week, we heard about husbands and fathers in the image of Christ. Now tonight, we must look at the office of the wife and mother in the image of the church. A couple weeks back, we heard the creation of woman from the rib of the side of man. Again, Not from the foot of man, for man is not to look down on her or have dominion over her as he does creation. And not from the head of man, because woman is not to have dominion over her husband. But from the rib of the side of man, showing that male and female are to be equal and compatible in every way. Different, but equal. As the woman is from the rib, it shows that she was created to protect the man's heart to support and help him under his caring arm, and always to be at his side, to be faithful. Yet in the fall, all of this was forgotten and lost, and quickly so. The moment the woman listened to the serpent and ate is the moment she rejected the headship of her husband, and is the moment she became the priestess of the serpent and assumed headship over the man, because it is her, it is she that told the man to eat and become like God. She had forgotten in a moment from where she was created, why she was created, and what a gift her husband was, and how she, in the image of God, was to love him. In this fallen world, where are wives to turn to in order to know how to love their husbands in the image of God? For this, hear the words of St. Paul in Ephesians, He says wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church his body and is himself her Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is what all of that means for you wives. First and foremost, look at why the church in love submits to Christ. The church does so because of how Christ first loved her. It starts with Christ, it's all about Christ. We see how Christ loved the church and how God loved and favored the Virgin Mary. We heard what she sang about herself in the Magnificat. And here's what she says. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. The humble estate of his servant, his handmaid. Mary sings in the Magnificat about her humble estate. She then goes on to sing about the hungry, the poor, the impoverished, who had nothing. So we need to understand that with these words, Mary is speaking first about herself. She was humble. That is, she was a 16-year-old girl, give or take, from an, impo- an impoverished family in the know-nothing town named Nazareth. Nobody knew of her, except for the fact that she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. She had nothing. Nobody noticed her. She was a girl who lived aplenty in spot and blemish, but impoverished in the things of this world, and in spirit. None of us, if we're honest, is any different from Mary. Her poverty was our poverty. Her poorness in wealth and spirit was ours as well. Her helplessness was ours. Her spots, wrinkle, and blemish cover us also. Yet, how did God love and favor Mary? Notice this. He forgave her And purified her through the words of the angel. When the angel said, do not fear Mary. He is saying, your sins are forgiven. You don't have to be afraid before God. God gave her everything then by conceiving his son in her womb by his word and spirit. He gave her everything by having his son become incarnate of her flesh. From the incarnation, Mary is blessed among women. Of all women of all time, none are more blessed than her who was poor and unknown. By the forgiveness of God and by the incarnation, the presence of God is within her, and she has the blessing of being the living, breathing Ark of the Covenant. That is why Elizabeth in the gospel greeted the mother of her Lord with such joy, because in the scriptures, to have the Ark of the Covenant in your house when you are faithful, was to be blessed beyond measure. Because this was Mary, whom all generations will call blessed, and still do, even now, 2,000 years later, we still call her blessed. By, By the child born to Mary, by Mary's childbirth, we are all saved. And in her response in love, in Mary's response in love, When she talks to the angel and her response in love, see how Mary completely submits herself to God's word. She says, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Mary responds in loving submission. And as God did for Mary, so Christ did for all women, for all wives. Christ did for the church. Christ lived for his bride. He sacrificed himself completely for her by his death on the cross. On the cross, he poured out himself completely for you, loving you so that you may be cleansed from the water and blood from his side, so that you may be created anew as his own bride, without spot or blemish, made holy just for him, so you, his bride, may be his very own. So that now, as with the Virgin Mary, God forgives you as well in the blood and water of Christ by his word and spirit. God makes you pure in his forgiveness, giving you everything that is his in his word, his baptism, in his sacrament, in his flesh and blood. By this union of Christ and the church, we are all born in the spirit. By the childbirth of the church In baptism, where she gives life to the saints, we are all saved. So now the church is she who is blessed among women because Christ loved her, cleansed her, gave her all that is his. The church now is where the presence of Christ is found. The church is she whom we greet with joy because coming into the presence of the church is also to come into the presence of Christ dwelling among us with his presence. The church is whom all generations call blessed because the church is the body of Christ, loved and and purified by him. So he might present her to himself in splendor for himself. Do you see how God loved Mary? Do you see how Christ loves his church? This is how Christ loves you. And the, and the church responds to Christ by loving him in her submission to his word. As you wives carry the heavy mantle of following your husbands in marriage, never forget throughout all this whose you are. Never forget who loves you. In whose image you now live as one who is cleansed, purified, and made holy from his side. And tonight... We also hear from St. Peter, who adds to what Paul says in 1 Peter 3. Peter says, Wives, be subject, that is, submit, to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. Wives, as Christ loves you, so you are now free to love your husbands and follow him in submission as your head. A submission of your entire self in sacrifice of your entire self. And here we need to note the nature of this submission. It is not the submission of a child, but of an equal in the image of God and it is a loving submission made voluntarily in the image of God. It is not a submission which the husband or anyone is to force her into, but one that she takes on willingly. There is no room in the image of God for the abuse that such forced submission would require. Any brute of a man, any brute of a person, that forces such submission with emotional, psychological, or physical abuse needs to be dragged to his knees in repentance. That's not the kind of submission we're talking about here. Note also how this submission is also a total and complete sacrifice of the self. It is not a sacrifice like the husband sacrifice, where the husband as the head sacrifices by giving of his complete self, by living and dying entirely for his wife. Instead, a sacrifice of submission is a sacrifice of self-denial where a wife finds her identity not in herself, but under the headship of her husband. For this is how the church loves Christ. She denies herself. She finds her identity in her Lord by taking up her cross and following him. She finds her identity, her salvation, in he who is her head. She sacrifices her entire self to find her identity in him. That is to say, she loses her own life for his sake, so in him she may find true life. And finding life in he who is her identity, the bride of the church loves her bridegroom by protecting his heart, supporting him, remaining faithful to him. Which means the wife in the image of God helps her husband. For he provides the house, she helps him in making, building, maintaining a home. Which means where he leads you, wives, where your husbands lead you in prayer, follow by praying with him. Help him to keep any obstacles to your prayer away. Submission to an imperfect husband, as Peter notes, does not mean following his every command and word. Your husband is not Christ. Christ is perfect. Your husband is imperfect. So submission to an imperfect husband means to love and honor your husband in all that you do, even if that means at times telling him no. So if your your husband doesn't believe the word, may your conduct in the marriage be adorned with good works sprung from Christ's word and the faith it has given you, so that without a word on your part, he may be won, your husband may be won by the gospel. Submission. In loving and honoring your husband means being eager to forgive him where he sins, where he repents. And it means where he struggles with sin to support and encourage him in love and patience. Submission means making sure your husband and you are always cleansed in the church by lovingly encouraging him to lead you to church every Sunday, every opportunity you can get together, so that together you may both receive the word of God. You may both receive the sacrament and the forgiveness of your Savior as co-heirs together. But this submission, this love and sacrifice can't happen, wives, unless you follow your husband from the prayer and meal at your dining room table, which is the altar of your home, to the prayer and supper at the Lord's table, table the altar of his church. We have seen that in the union of, in spirit of Christ and the church comes the birth in the font, the womb of the church of the faithful, where the saints are born in that spirit from this union. May you wives desire likewise for your marriage to be fruitful, and if in this fallen world it cannot be fruitful naturally, may you consider making your marriage fruitful by way of adoption. And if adoption cannot be an option, may you make your marriage fruitful by sharing the faith with the children in the church and helping young mothers in this. Because wives... It is only by loving your husband as the church loved Christ that you are able to pour your marriage into your children, that you are able to raise your children in the fear of the Lord at home. It is the only way you are able to bring your children and help bring the children of the church to Christ in baptism and catechesis. This is not easy, but it is a blessing. This is living in the image of Christ and the church. And yet, oh, what a heavy burden all of this seems. For how can any sinful woman perfectly submit to her husband? And how can any woman perfectly submit to men who are sinners, imperfect sinners, sometimes not even believers? Understand what a tall order this is for all wives. Understand the sacrifice that this takes. The yoke which comes with such submission is great and heavy. The task for any sinner To do this on their own is imperfect and impossible. You wives and mothers, I'm sure that you know and feel this all too well. On top of that, we live in a culture which proclaims that the femininity of the church is foolish. Which proclaims a woman is better off independent without a man as her head. Which tells women they must have a career, not that they have the option of having a career and family, but that they must have a career if they want to find fulfillment. And that looks down at women who desire to forgo a career to raise children, or who think that they might find more fulfillment in their children and their families than in their career. To the point that the culture even encourages pushing off having children until sometimes it's way too late. And this is not to bash mothers who have families who decide to work or who decide to stay home. What I'm saying is the world despises those who find fulfillment in family rather than in career. We live in a culture also which wants to tell you that there is no difference between men and women. That perhaps women should act more like men and that men can identify as women. We live in a culture that proclaims to women that their offspring are not always a blessing but a choice. And that the killing of such offspring, if that's what women choose, is family planning, health care, that it shows strength. Yet we see here that the culture is wrong. The femininity of the church, of godly women, is neither foolish nor weak. But it is humble, reverent, gentle, with an understated strength in its godly tranquility. Look at what St. Peter says. With an inner beauty of faith, A woman can win her husband to the word of God without ever speaking a word herself or without ever wearing a bit of external adornment. External beauty, it fades. Careers end and become forgotten. Decisions of selfishness are soon regretted. But the inner beauty of a godly woman, adorned in her good works from faith and gentleness, that inner beauty is imperishable. For you who question the strength of such godly femininity, then go out to creation and look all around for anything else that is as persuasive, enduring, and faithful as the loving submissiveness of a godly wife. You won't find it. The submission of such godly femininity may make the wife the weaker vessel in the marriage, but it does not make her does not make the faith within her weak for such submission is a loving self-denying sacrifice which springs from the faith and look look what the lord does through such loving through such a loving godly wife who submits and sacrifices look what god does through the woman as a woman takes a man as her husband she civilizes him As a woman takes the house and roof that her husband provides, she gives a loving, nurturing home. As the woman receives the love of her husband, she becomes the bearer of his children, for whom she cares and loves, from all that she receives from her husband. The woman there builds up a home, a family, a community, which arises within and around the marriage, so that. Such a woman, such a godly woman, civilizes not only her husband, but also their home, their children, their community. And she cares for all within. As wives care for, feed, and clothe their families, so the women of the church care for the physical needs of the church. Look at the women of Christ the King. It is they who prepare the bread and the cup to become the body and wine. It is they who decorate the church with banners and flowers, and every such thing that tells you which time of the church year it is. It is these women who provide food and comfort when there is a funeral or a wedding. And they do this just as women care for the body of Christ in the Gospels. So these women here at Christ the King of all churches care for the body of Christ, the church. In the Gospels, you see the women... Feeding Christ, giving him rest, bringing spices to his tomb to care for his body. This was no small thing. So then, we ought not dare to degrade or look down upon the women of the church who follow in the footsteps of the women in these gospel accounts. Around and through the woman, the Lord gives a husband and through her builds a fruitful home. It is a heavy burden. Yet always remember, wives, how Christ loved you and died for you. Never forget, families, your wife and mother is one for whom Christ died. Where you fail, wives, seek our Lord's forgiveness. And in his forgiveness, you are free to do good in loving your husbands and children and have no need to fear any terror in or outside the home. For the Lord will provide even when much feels outside of your control. To you, wives, is given the gift of a husband and children, and to you, husbands and children, is given the gift of the wife and mother. The woman who is faithful in the image of God, fulfilled in Christ and the church. The woman who is faithful in sacrificing herself by self-denial in this submission to the husband and pouring out her marriage on her children. This woman walks in the way of the faithful women. You walk in the way of your mother, Sarah. You will not be put to shame. The world may hate you, and it will definitely hate any idea of holy, wifely submission. But the world does not know him who loves you. It does not know him who has blessed you and made you pure. It does not know him to whom has saved you in the image of Christ in the church. The world knows nothing of him to whom we all submit and all will submit to either now or on the last day. To our Lord we submit, to our Savior we submit in love, waiting for His return to take us to the great wedding feast with Him in all eternity. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Blessed art thou, O Mary, for that thou hast believed, and that there shall be a performance in thee of those things which were told thee from the Lord. Alleluia.
1: My soul doth
0: Blessed art thou, O Mary, for that thou hast believed, and that there shall be a performance in thee of those things which were told thee from the Lord. Alleluia. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, and greatly to be praised and glorified forever. Bless we the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We praise and magnify him forever. Blessed art thou, O Lord, in the firmament of heaven, and greatly to be praised and glorified and highly exalted forever. The Almighty and merciful Lord, bless and preserve us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto Thee. Lord, we beseech you, give ear to our prayers and lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty God, gracious Father, who has, for the sake of your Son, given unto all wives, their husbands, their children, and their homes, graciously help all wives that, according to your command, They may be submissive to their own husbands and train their children in reverence and fear of you. Grant unto all wives also that they may ever faithfully administer whatever their husbands by your blessing do earn, and that they may live in peace with all, and that they may make their calling as wives sure and praise you with their works, whose Son is the Savior of believing women, and who makes them to be partakers of your grace. Blessed unto all eternity. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of motherhood and children. Look favorably upon all expectant mothers and the children they carry, and grant that throughout the time of pregnancy, that expectant parents may be drawn nearer to you and to each other in certainty of your love. Should any expectant mother be in need, may you lead her to your holy church and any organization which would help her recognize the blessing of her children, which will assist her throughout her pregnancy in childbirth and beyond. May all mothers who receive the blessing of children through you bring their children to your Son in the holy waters of baptism and make them disciples in your holy word. Lord God, you have granted that the women married here should be wives and have given these women husbands. We stand in this world, in this weak flesh and blood, surrounded by devil and them that disturb all conjugal fidelity and love. Therefore remove not the blessing of marriage from us, nor let any offense come between any man and his wife. Let all disturbances be turned far from us, that all harm may be avoided and finally overcome by the gracious blessings with which you have deigned to surround the marriage bond. Almighty, merciful, eternal, and just God, Since it has pleased you to afflict all widows by taking their beloved and pious husbands unto your eternal joy and blessedness, and left these women as widows, we beseech you most heartily grant them grace to set all their hope in you, and to hold fast to you alone by prayer, both day and night. Preserve all widows against the shameful lusts of this world, against shame and disgrace, against pride, covetousness, deceit, and all wantonness. Grant all widows grace with patience and humility to bear and overcome this bitter cross which you have laid upon them. Give all widows wisdom also and understanding that they may administer their stewardship to your glory, to the amendment of their lives, and so to use their goods and possessions that they may serve the good of their neighbor. Such and all other benefits mercifully vouchsafe unto them, O God, for the sake of Jesus Christ." Unto you, O Lord God Almighty, do we this day commend our bodies and souls, all our goods, our husbands and wives, children, fathers, mothers, and all our thoughts and words, our hearts, our ambitions, and all our purposes. Again we commend unto you also our tongue and all our words, all our acts also we commend, that the same may serve unto your honor and the welfare of our fellow man. Let us be this day vessels of your grace and instruments of your mercy. Bless all our understandings, make our business to prosper, and prevent everything that would hinder these things. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that the coming festival of our redemption may obtain for us the comfort of your help in this life and in the life to come, the reward of eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. May the Divine House Father, who prepares his house and vineyard early, grant his blessing unto our houses and all that belongs thereto. May the Lord Jesus Christ, at whose entrance the house of Zacchaeus experienced salvation, Enter our houses also in grace, that no evil befall. May the Holy Ghost, who plants unity and great love, well-pleasing before God and man in the home, now and at all times rest upon our homes with all his consolations, that we may here in our homes rest under the temporal benediction of God and look forward patiently in hope to the eternal blessings of heaven. Amen. who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Thank you for joining us for this midweek Advent Vespers podcast. We pray that this podcast and this whole series on the mystery of marriage has been a blessing to you at this time. And please do join us this Sunday also as we release a Matins podcast at about 8.45, celebrating the fourth Sunday in Advent. And you can join us next week. If you are in town, join us for the Christmas Eve service at 6:30 at Christ the King and join us Christmas Day. We will be having a joint service with our sister congregation, First English Lutheran Church, and that service will be at First English at 9 a.m. on Christmas Day. So if you're in town, please do join us for those two services. Or else, if you can't join us, we will be releasing a podcast Christmas Eve at about 5.45, and we'll also re-release the Christmas Day podcast from last year on Christmas morning at about 8.45, 9 o'clock. So look for those podcasts this next week. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.